Dear hiring managers of the world, of the tech world, the change I would like to see is more inclusive recruiting. Michelle is a first generation Asian American who grew up in an under resourced neighborhood in San Francisco. She knew she would be a minority in the tech field, but she had no way of knowing just how difficult being a woman in tech would really be. Growing up, Michelle had very little support for her big dreams of being a software developer. Neither of her parents had gone to college, and just getting a basic education was a struggle in her community. She had no role models to look up to and went through college with peers that were from the same city, yet came from vastly different socioeconomic backgrounds she could not relate to. Michelle shares her experiences of dealing with imposter syndrome, interning at a company where every employee was an older white man, and the challenges she faced during interviews when trying to solve coding problems as well as stand up for herself and deal with the social aspect. We discuss the importance of having representation, ways that women can be supported in the workplace, and how tech companies can better implement diversity to be a core value instead of an afterthought. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Okay, great. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm really excited to learn more about your journey um, and um, how you got into tech. Why don't we start by just doing a little introduction about yourself, um, your name, where you live, and how did you get into the tech industry? Uh, My name is Michelle. Uh, I work at a startup in San Francisco. Um, I've been like aiming for a job in tech ever since my first year of college. Now I've been about eight months into it. And uh, yeah, there's just like a lot that I've learned. Mm -hmm. When, at what age did you know that you wanted to be a software engineer? Um, I knew that I wanted to be a software engineer after I participated in this program called Mission Bit. I met like a bunch of software engineers that were coming to help us with our code. And I was just like, they get paid like so much and they make so much impact. They get to touch something that's used by so many different people. Like I feel like that type of job is just the coolest thing. So it all kind of started like with middle school. And then um, after doing that program and actually meeting some software engineers, I was like, okay, tech is like the target. Did you study um, computer science in college or are you mainly self-taught or how did you mainly learn the skills? Yeah, so um, I went to Smith uh, for undergrad and um, really, really enjoyed my time there because I was able to study computer science. And so it was a lot of like theoretical knowledge, like more math, like computer theory, like the whole time I was also taking like acting and painting and like all these other courses that I really like. Did you know that you were going to be an underrepresented minority before deciding on this career? Um, And if yes, did you have any concerns about that? Uh, The first time that I went to this camp called Chick Tech in uh, San Francisco was hosted at GitHub. And it's a nonprofit that teaches like seventh grade girls how to like code. And and so I knew that there was a program for this for a reason. Like I knew that there was going to be an underrepresented part of my identity that's like in this industry, which is why they're like having this camp. They didn't really talk about being a minority. Like they didn't say what it was going to be like. They just were just like, this is a bunch of cool tech. I hope you like it basically like I was just really young and 
knowing that someone had put the effort into getting a group of young women into tech, I was like, yeah, that sounds great. I'm glad that there's this um, kind of support because otherwise I didn't really have anything else because coming from a first-gen immigrant family, there's pressure to succeed, but my family was like, you can kind of do whatever you want. As long as you do something that can feed yourself, then you're good. Can you talk a little bit more about that? What does it mean to be um, a first-gen college grad? It means that my dad didn't go to college, and so he didn't have, like, all the applications, SAT stuff, like, even finding where to go to school, how to apply to school, what to major in, what career to go to. All of this stuff is, like, totally up in the air for first-gen students because you're like there's not a lot of knowledge being passed down from your parents about what to do or how to like succeed they kind of set the foundation of you know basic survival like having making sure you have Mm -hmm. clothing and stuff like that but then like everything else like hobbies you have to figure out yourself like my parents didn't really pass down that stuff to me you know there was a really time for them to have hobbies so they didn't really do that they didn't have time for a career so they didn't really do that like my dad he was a parole officer in California Mm -hmm. so he had a really long career in like correctional facilities but obviously I did not want to do that (laughs) so from the parents I had nothing my primary source of like support was not from my family, but actually the internet, and which is really funny because it's like, how good are you at searching the internet? Like, how good are you at um, understanding what kind of school is that you're applying to? You know, mm-hmm. it's like, in, in fact, a lot of people that I know who come from similar backgrounds didn't do anything. They didn't really explore, so they kind of fall back on like staying at home or like taking safe routes, not really going far to college or like not expanding their horizons. Um, and I feel like it's something that I kind of chose to do because as a kid, I just really had um, big dreams, I guess, from my grandma who like kind of instilled in me. It's a weird place because I come from kind of like a, um, a neighborhood in San Francisco that's full of minorities. And I was someone who decided to leave as far as possible because I really didn't like the place that I went, that I came from. Like, it was really disturbing to me to see a lot of minorities kind of not really have the opportunity to like find a career and like um, learn what coding was, like have this opportunity that's like literally like in the same city in San Francisco, there's so Mm -hmm. many tech companies. Like how do people in my neighborhood like get there? Like how, how does that work? You know, like how do we share the wealth happening in the city? There were no role models in my neighborhood for me. Like literally, um, the first time that I had a role model actually was at this math and science camp. It was called Tech Trek. I remember there was a woman named Ellen Pau who was like a chemical engineering student. I just remember like that woman who was sitting there was an Asian American woman. And I was like, oh, I can like see myself at least a little bit in her, like a little bit of my identity. I see in her, just my face, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, like, I'm just going to like remember Ellen whenever I like don't have somewhere to go. Like, just remember that Mm -hmm. she is someone that's out there that kind of looked like me who has made it somewhere else in this world, like outside of her parental unit. Um, So I, I just thought it was really inspiring um, for the first time to see someone that was like me and doing a career that wasn't mm-hmm. what my father was doing. What would you say is the biggest barrier that being a first-gen college student has created for you? You feel like you're left out, like you feel like you are different from everyone else because you are not, you're, you're like from a different part of San Francisco and like you've seen kind of how the tech industry was looked down upon by your people for like gentrifying and then all of a sudden you're working amongst these people. I, for me, I was like, the first thoughts that I had was just like, do you guys even know like 
the shit that I've been through Mm -hmm. to like be here you know like do you even know what it's like to like walk through the streets of like where I went to school which is like literally seven miles away from here and like still part of the same city like and like going to school in these like undervalued and resourced Mm -hmm. places where these children are like just trying to survive and it's hard to explain what it's like uh, if you haven't been there. I mean you kind of talked about not being understood and coming from a different background and you're able to relate to the to the people that you went to high school with. I mean if you were to try to explain it to somebody who has no idea what you went through or what environment you grew up how would you explain it? Mm, It's like a fight to survive in the beginning the furthest that I can trace, like, feeling like I'm fighting to survive is probably, like, in middle school. Like, I really wanted to learn. It was so hard to, like, just receive education. There was so much chaos that teachers could not teach. The socioeconomic backgrounds of my classmates and the people around me is just, like, there were, like, no white people. Like, it was all minorities. I mean, I would love to hear a little bit more about... Um, all the challenges that you had to getting your first job in the tech industry. Can you talk me through um, some of the experiences that you had, some of the challenges that you faced? Yeah, um, I can tell you about my first internship ever. And I had terrible imposter syndrome the whole time. I, From the minute that I walked in, I was like, I can't be who I am. I am not worthy of where I am. Like, I felt like I was fake. Like, I, like, faked my way through. Mm -hmm. I was, like, just this small Chinese girl. Like, why was she in this corporate building? Nobody was friendly and warm, which is, like, who I was. Because the engineers were just, like, mostly, like, older men. Literally, the only woman at the company were the three interns. And, like, there was no one else that was a woman, literally, on our team. And, like, they were all nice men. Like, my coworkers were all nice men. But it just, like, felt like they were, like, looking down on us. Like, we were not peers. Like, we were their, like, daughters, like, young, younger, oh like, humans. So I felt like it wasn't an internship. I literally felt like it was daycare. And because, like, they didn't give me a project that really, like, taught me anything. Like, it was kind of just something that I was capable of at the time. Like, I was really honestly just given, like, small bugs and stuff to, like, fix. Mm. And so, like, It gave me a good background to get my next internship, which was really great, Um, but it was a pretty bad experience. I ended up crying and, like, honestly, like, smoking a lot of weed that summer. (laughs) What do you think created that environment? I think it was just, like, like, fintech is, like, finance and tech, right? So you get, like, all the top people who are in finance and all the top people Mm. who are in tech, and those are all, like, old men who are, like, basically dads. They're all nice. They're all very nice, but they don't see you as, like, an equal. They don't see you as an equal because you're young, small, like, Asian Mm. and Chinese woman, right? Like, you cannot take seriously. And I felt like that with every person that I talked to at the company that was not a woman. Um, So, and the women, the only women I found were designers and the office managers. So- Did you ever bring this up as a concern to anyone at the company? I told my manager when I was leaving and he was like, I don't think we can ever provide that for you. I was like, like, I really want like a female role model. He was like, I don't think we can ever provide that for you. That was the first company I ever went to. So I was like, oh my God, I'm going to quit tech. Like, this is so bad. Like, just like so sad because like, I have no idea what their intentions were for that program. Like, were they just trying to recruit us for like diversity points? Like, I don't understand because they didn't give us real like work. I got some skills, but like, it was not what I had hoped for. Like I I had hoped for equality and like respect and like a window into somewhere that I wanted to be, Mm -hmm. but. Wow. Okay. What about 
the your subsequent internships or the job you're working at now. Can you share any other experiences, either yeah. negative or positive? The hiring process for tech industry, everyone knows is terrible. You know, like I went through like Facebooks, Googles, and there were just like a combination of like the stress of like not having people to study with and like not knowing how to study and like also having to do school at the same time was just like, it was really hard. Like I, I honestly did not do very successful during the interviews because like I just never felt like I had enough time to like finish what I wanted to do. And I would always feel nervous and anxious because of that. Give me 25 minutes to do binary search and I cannot do that. Like I will literally be like frozen at the first line, but like give me like just like free time to do it. Then yeah, I could totally do it. You know, it's like that type of feeling. It's like, I'm totally capable. Like when I'm like, um, setting my own schedule and like writing my to-do list which is what normal working is kind of like yep. at the interview like it's just like you are like on the spot it's like um you don't even know these people like you're trying to like impress them based on like who you are and then also trying to code at the same time so uh, i've just had bad experiences in the past where it's like um interviewing for jobs the interviewers can be very varied in terms of attitude it's just like every single time it's like a wild card um, and you never know like if this person's going to be supportive it's just for a woman in tech you're like extra on the edge because you're like already like uh this is difficult like the tech industry already like discriminates against women in so many ways and now I'm here doing this interview yeah and when you don't I mean when you don't get an interviewer that looks like you too it just makes you feel even more out of place yeah creates new anxiety what what part of the entire hiring process is the most frustrating for you definitely the coding interview like the part about like meeting totally random people and meeting them for an hour and like coding in front of them is super stressful experience like social factors come into play because you're meeting someone new for the first time and trying to do your best and perform um but obviously like there's cognitive things that are like going on in your head at the same time which is like protecting yourself like standing up for your yourself like asserting that your identity does belong in this industry you know it's just like that type of stuff like is still in the back of my mind while I'm interviewing so it's like uh, it's just not the most fair experience I would say for like showing what you can do in terms of you know all these things that are going back of your mind where you feel like you don't fit in and you're constantly trying to prove yourself do you think that comes more from being um, a woman being a person of color or being first gen going to college like where does that come from I think it's all related like I think like I think of it as like I love the word intersectional because it's just like all of them connect together like it's like um, if I had stripped one of them I would be a completely I would have a completely different experience if I put one of them on and put another one on like it's just like a totally different experience you know it's just I think it's all of them together that make the whole experience bad and um And I feel like that's just why tech needs to be more inclusive because it's like, if there are so many identities that feel this way when they're like literally literally just trying to apply for these jobs, obviously tech is going to have a problem with like getting diverse candidates because they're going to see these candidates as like bad or like not able to like code, not able to handle themselves. But like, that's not true. Like literally it's just the process. It's so terrible Mm -hmm. and so nerve wracking that they cannot perform their best. Mm -hmm. People cannot perform like when they're under stress and anxiety. It's just really backwards to expect the industry, expect the people that are experiencing this to like have to like fight back by like, you know, conquering their own stress and anxiety, which takes so much effort. Like it's Mm -hmm. so much like mental effort to have to like, you know, just get better at that when we can actually tweak the hiring process itself. Being kinder and warmer during like uh, interviews, but obviously I think it's a cultural thing um, for the people who are 
actually conducting the interviews. And that has to do with like power as well and people staying at places longer and like becoming senior engineers. I, it's just like the whole part of the system. So, I mean, you touched a little bit about, upon how they can improve once they're conducting interviews in person. So being having a kinder environment, being more empathetic. What about in terms of holistically the entire like hiring system? How can that be improved to be more accommodating and more inclusive for people who come from these different identities? Leadership has the power to decide like how they recruit and like where they recruit. Um, so my suggestion would honestly be just like recruit from more diverse like colleges, like diverse, like stop putting emphasis on these like kind of high performing like schools that are dominated by cultures of like also white and Asian men in tech. Like, like if you think about MIT, think about UC Berkeley, like those are places that are like very dominated by like male tech bro culture. I just feel like uh, there are so many great places where you can recruit mm-hmm. from. Like, for example, my school, like women's colleges, plenty of like computer science students, like, and there's not a lot of companies that go straight there, you know, and it just takes like alums to come back as well and like um, reach out, which is one one thing that my friend and I are doing. Like, we're actually trying to like get Smith alums together in order to build more of a network. Yeah, I think it just like comes down to individual power. And like, I mean, for me, it's just I think of it as like one day when I'm a leader, you know, I'm going to think about like where can I recruit? Where can I find people? Mm-hmm. How can we support them when they're here? That's kind of my personal outlook on it. Oh, I, I like that a lot. And I mean, that's really great that you're supporting already at this stage in your career. I, I'm curious to hear a little bit more about how do you feel like your background brings an advantage to your job? Um, I'm not completely sure if this is like because of my identities, specifically those, or just like who I am. I think a certain degree of empathy comes from being a first-gen student. You obviously like kind of know what it's like to like be in need of help. And um, I think that when I become a mentor, like I recently started mentoring an intern, I just like have this really high degree of empathy. Like I'm a really high empathetic person. And as a software engineer, it's like so important because in my team, I'm definitely the best person to like translate our needs to marketing people because marketing people um, are like mostly women. And so like when I talk to them on behalf of the engineers, like I'm the fastest and like most streamlined person that can like communicate with my my coworkers like engineers like like at my company are just like I don't want to do anything like I don't want to I want to do as least as possible that marketing wants because marketing always wants so much but like for me it's like I, I to, in order to communicate the fact that I don't want to do anything because I am an engineer too like I want to do as least as possible because sometimes they'd be designing some like really complicated shit that we do not have enough time for I'm so proud of myself because like the relationship that I've had that I've built with our marketing person. It's just like so easy for us to communicate. We have like respect, trust, honesty, like everything. So maybe we can dig a little bit more into the job you're currently at right now. Can you tell me now being on the job, what are some learnings that you have um, being on the job that you could share to others who are early in their career? Like honestly, every time I finish an interview, I thought that I wouldn't get it, but then I just kept moving on. So I feel like for me, it was just like, my advice would be just like, keep going and like find the things that keep you going outside of the process. Like for me, like if I didn't be extra gentle with myself, like I honestly don't think I could have kept going because I was so depressed and I was honestly running myself into like 
honestly almost suicidal thoughts like I literally thought that I had no other purpose in life like if I was not able to find a job and you know it can just be so dark it can turn into such a dark time for so many people especially like when it's your first job and you're a a minority and you don't have anyone to like talk to and you don't have anyone to like vent to Um, but my advice is actually to join an online community and find people to talk to Uh, like there's a company uh, company that I now use called Alpha that I love so much um, that we met from we met Alpha yeah <laughs> like I love it so much like it's like great if I was on Alpha my first year um, looking for jobs I I would feel like more supported I think my advice would be to stay in tune with other people like friends family um, like online communities are super important how did you both keep your motivation high and your confidence in check? I feel like my confidence was super low. Like it was like super bad. Like I really didn't think that anyone was going to take me. Like I I remember applying to a job that was like um, a forest ranger because I was like, oh, I don't think I'm going to do anything else. So I'm just not... (laughs) that like pays like 50k a year and like make this much money and and then I was like wait like once they actually got back to me like I was like wait she actually got back to me I can't actually do this like I actually got a degree in CS I feel like I should probably see this one through I think like part of it is just the anxiety of like wanting to give up it's like do I give up or do I just keep going that's so exhausting right Mm -hmm. um people kept telling me you know Michelle like you have to just Um, not see failure as reflective of you but like as just a business a business deal or like a business decision right but you still have your skills and I think of it as that as that Mm -hmm. way now like I I think confidence it it rolls as a snowball like it comes over time in like small little hits of dopamine and and I I always meditated throughout the whole thing like I meditate Mm -hmm. like all like all day every day like what about now that you're on the job I think you mentioned you've been on the job now for about eight months or so obviously there are a lot of challenges that come you know onboarding and starting a new job and a new environment any tips or strategies that you have for people who are just about to start work the hardest thing for me was like being myself at the company like even now like literally probably only a couple weeks ago like maybe two weeks ago I started feeling myself like I started speaking up in like all hands like company meetings or like sending pictures of my food like I started a food channel and like now everyone's like sending food pics like I started an art channel and people have been sending pics there you know it's just like I just started becoming myself and I feel so much better. How can employers be more supportive to help employees or new employees uh, be themselves and and have that comfortability around their coworkers. Um, I think it really just comes from a place of experience with like how to build community, coming up with solutions themselves on like what can be improved and like asking people for feedback. Like because I hate it when people are leaders and they ask you to do the work of like oh, hey, yeah. just things that are good. I'm like, can you do the thing? Like, can you do your job? Like, um, I've had like my co-founders like ask me like after like kind of like a bad situation happened there was like a almost sexual harassment thing going on like a very slight sexual harassment thing going on at work in my first month there um they asked me like Michelle do you have any improvements like do you like let me know if you have any suggestions on like improving our company and I'm just like dude like you could google it you know like you could you can research yourself there's plenty of things online 
for about from women on how to improve your company like just like don't ask people to do the work for you like it's just like you do the work you know Mm -hmm. like assume more um accountability really good advice and i'm glad that you shared that that experience Uh, what are some other initiatives around diversity inclusion that you've seen companies do that you don't like or that you do like um i don't like it when they like say diversity as like an afterthought when they're like oh like we need to have a diversity group we need to diversify our user group or like we need to diversify our community or we need to diversify our company so like let's make like a group chat and like meet every week to like talk about diversity and like how we're going to do it or whatever like that's kind of like what's been going on in my company like and it's just a kind of an afterthought right but that also comes with like the people who are at the top it's kind of just like I hate like that performative type of thing where they're like oh let's talk about it let's talk about diversity and like they don't actually know anything about what the problem is and like how to get people at least help the whole situation uh, right because like I think it's a pipeline of different areas where people can contribute for example companies can do better by like you know very actually telling people to like volunteer at local high schools in San Francisco to teach kids how to code or something just be an example mm-hmm. actually show up in the community and pledge your employee man hours to like do that and it's just like I just feel like I have so many ideas y'all need a different leader but I'm not there yet in the future it will happen when I am a leader myself (laughs) you know yeah there's just so many suggestions that can be done in so many different phases it just really depends on who the person is and like how not woke they are but like how aware they are of where the company is and what they could possibly do I mean, I would love to hear some more of these suggestions that you have. And I know that there are different suggestions for different levels, but what about if you were speaking to like the CEO or the founders of a company, what would be the single most impactful thing that those leaders could do to show their commitment and accountability to the issue? They have to be vulnerable and like admit that they don't know everything, um, but they're open to learning, right? The most important thing is to have a mission and then have values. Every single tech company should have a value of achieving diversity within across the industry. And I I really can't wait till like more people Mm -hmm. um, like finesse their ways into the institutions Mm -hmm. and get to the top and like change things from the top down. How can companies show online that it's a good place for women to work? I really don't like it when companies only post their women. Like, I hate that. Like, it's very deceiving. Maybe explain what it's like for women at work. If you have a problem at the company with diversity, like, explain that. Like, show the numbers. And then what you're doing to do that. And, like, why. Like, I don't know. Or you don't have to say why. But, like, you can say, like, we understand that this is a problem. This is what we're going to, this is what we're doing. And this is the culture that we have at this company like respect everyone or like we don't interrupt people during meetings or we don't, you know, we treat everyone with respect. We have inclusive on sites and lunch times and conversations. Signal that like the things that women complain about at companies like are not tolerated at yours. So what are things that women complain about at companies? Um, being interrupted at the company, getting called the wrong name three months after you've been at the company by your coworker who sits right in front of you, sexual harassment, just people like unwanted attention, not being looked at for advancement in the career, not being, not taking them seriously, like giving women more opportunities to lead projects, letting women lead conversations and meetings, Mm -hmm. um, 
recruiting from more diverse colleges, taking less of the idea of a meritocracy in the tech industry and more of like from a place from equity and inclusion. Like, what can we do? Like, now that we have this problem, not saying like, oh, we don't have a problem and like everything is a meritocracy. Like, that's dumb. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. I would like companies to acknowledge that they do know that. If I had saw that, if I had seen a company be like, we know that tech is not a meritocracy. And this is why, and like, this is why we hire like this. You know, it would be great. Like, I'd be, like, sold. I mean, that sounds very aligned with what you were mentioning about how founders and CEOs can change, right? Like, them showing vulnerability is almost you want that to be reflected in job posts, right? Showing vulnerability that they don't have it right. They're working on it. And this is what we're doing as a first step. I think that's a um, a great tip. What about the hiring process? Like, what can be improved about the hiring process for people who come in different minority groups? I mean, you mentioned you don't like to be in environments where you're kind of coding on the spot. It's not the environment you'd have when you're on the job. How can the hiring process be adjusted to be um, a better process for women? Yeah, I don't know why, for some reason, during my interviews, the, the current company that I'm at, I never felt othered when I was during the interview. I always felt like I was with them. I always felt like the interviewer was on my side and like was like there to like see what I can do like mm. together. It might have been my manager. Like he's really great with like making people feel welcome and heard and seen. I mean, so now you've been in the industry for several years, both studying and internships and now um, in software roles. And if you were talking to somebody who looked like you and let's say you three years ago, what would be some advice or learnings that you would share with this person to help them in their career? I would say like, like, don't be afraid to only just make friends with women in tech. Like there are actually like good men in tech as well who can be your advocates and devil's advocates because they have a different perspective because they're not operating from a, like a mentality of like shortage because as a woman, I feel like as a woman in tech, you feel like there's a shortage of positions that feeds competition and like backstabbing or like gaslighting or like not supporting each other which is is something that I felt at my school I complained about that a lot because it's like the total opposite of what we should be doing and it's like don't be afraid to like befriend uh, people who don't look like you in the beginning obviously it was natural to want to find role models that look like me but in the end like you know like a lot of the support that I've come actually came from my boyfriend actually I'm just thinking about uh, him because like um, he's like a person that I I wouldn't say that he understands every single problem that I have as a woman in tech but he come he gives me perspectives and like kind of an honesty and knowledge also of like what like a white man would have in the industry and in the beginning like obviously when I felt like I was fighting for myself I felt like they were the enemy over time like as I got to talk to him and like understand from their perspective people who don't really who I assume will not understand the problem, they can still be supportive even if they don't understand the whole problem. And that, that I feel like that goes the same with CEOs and like people who you think will not understand the whole thing. But in the end, if they're still advocating for you, I feel like that has been instrumental in like getting my career up. Mm-hmm. It's like not like working against these people who are already in power and privilege, but also making, their, some of them are allies. So it's like you're like, once you can kind of establish like, I really do need help with this. Like, do you think you can help with this? Being very specific and like giving them action items. Like, even though you like, you kind of have to do some of the work, um, but that just like comes with the place of less privilege. Like I will have to eventually do some work Mm -hmm. in order to ask for what I want. 
I think that has kind of been a part of the process that I did not think was going to be a part of the process. Mm. I thought that I was just going to have an army of women in tech, but really my closest supporters or coworkers who are also white male and That's white so men. Interesting. Like, yeah. What would be the single most impactful thing that your male counterparts or male managers or CEOs could do to help support other women? Um, the most impactful thing is just like, help like literally just help like I really think it's just listen and even if you don't understand their entire rant because you never will understand not being a woman in tech you will not get it but they can help if you like explain to them what exactly you need and see them also as people to work with and not people against me Mm -hmm. and not people preventing my success like in, in fact like with that mentality I was preventing my own success because I wasn't just opening myself up to like help from that could be received from other people. And I think I'm, it happened subconsciously just because like I, I always am a person that's very resourceful. There are people that can, that I can now call my allies and like help. That's awesome. Um, I mean, I really appreciate those personal stories you're sharing. Before we wrap up, is there any, anything that we didn't talk about that you wanted to talk about? Any questions that I didn't ask you that you want to address? I I love tech and I think that it's such a great industry for people who like to find out how things work and the lifestyle that it offers you like flexibility like thank you to our male counterparts who already baked that into the culture of like being super flexible with like time and stuff it's a really great place to be and I think it should be for anybody um, regardless of uh, who they are that's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing all of these stories and the tips and advice. I really like that you got super specific and actionable. Thank you so much for sharing everything. Yeah, thank you so much, Jacqueline. I honestly like so many things that I've said. I didn't even think that I would say them. I didn't think that I like, they're all questions that made me think. No, that's awesome. Thank you so much, Jacqueline. Thank you. Bye, Michelle. As a woman and a first gen Asian American growing up in an under-resourced community, Michelle had no role models and was not treated as an equal by her male counterparts. Yet she argues that getting to know someone who looks different from you will not only give a valuable perspective, but can create networks of support in the workplace. Michelle talked about the challenges of interviewing while also trying to assert that her identity belonged in the industry. People cannot perform their best under stress and anxiety, which is made all the worse as an underrepresented minority. She suggests that a warmer and more empathetic hiring culture would allow minorities to perform better and increase their hiring rates. Michelle has the insight that meaningful change comes from leadership. When leadership in the tech industry is predominantly white and male, not much can be gained talking about diversity when they don't have an understanding of it. They are less likely to feel empathetic towards those who are struggling to get hired as it is so different from their own experiences. If tech companies want diversity to be a core value, they must make meaningful change and reach out to the community. Hire from more diverse colleges and set up new pipelines. CEOs should be open about what they don't know and listen to the suggestions of minorities, but do the work themselves and not make meaningful action the responsibility of others. Thank you for listening to this episode. Hatchways is a platform that discovers talented software engineers that often fall through the cracks of traditional hiring processes. This podcast is to share their stories. 
Some have managed to navigate through the broken system and land employment, while others are still unemployed, some for a few months, some for a few years. We hope their experiences and ideas will educate you and propel the tech industry toward an employment system that is more aware, empathetic, and inclusive. If you want to learn more about Hatchways, visit hatchways.io. And if you would like to be a part of the podcast, or if you have questions you'd like to ask future job seekers on the podcast, email us at hello at hatchways.io.